0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Now we are going to continue a series that we begun two weeks ago, and it's a series that we've called I Resolve. Everybody say I resolve. Fantastic. Now, the reason why we're doing this series is because right now is a time when many people make New Year's resolutions. I know that I've made a, a few. Anyone else? Come on, don't be embarrassed. Anyone else made any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, a couple of you. Okay. I mean, I'll let you in some of mine. I've decided this year to be just a little bit less buff. What do you reckon? I reckon these guns are getting out of control. What do you reckon? So far more less gym for me this year, and I'm already doing well. Why are you, why are you laughing? I can see some of you made that resolution a long time ago as well, but it doesn't matter. No, but in all, in all seriousness, uh, it is a time when many people make resolutions, and look, I think they're good, they're a great idea, and uh, I'm all for evaluating where we are in our lives, and uh, making the most of our goals. So whatever resolutions you've made, go for it. I wish you all the best, and I pray all your dreams come true. However, we thought as an eldership team that we could suggest some good resolutions for you guys as well, so hence this series. Now, if it sounds a little bit familiar, it's because last year we also kicked off the year with an iResolve series. However, we are looking at different topics this year, okay? So we're resurrecting the series, but we are coming up with different topics. Like I said, I think there are a lot of different resolutions that we can suggest to you, okay? So two weeks ago, Tone kicked off the series with a message on hope, which he retrospectively called, I Resolve to Look Up. And last week, Pete followed up with a great message about hospitality, which he called, I Resolve to Warm Up. And today is my chance to have a shot at this And uh, I'm going to talk about a message that I've called, I Resolve to Give Up. (laughs) I Resolve to Give Up. And I thought that was quite pertinent because a lot of New Year's resolutions involved uh, people trying to give something up. And I actually looked up uh, the seven top things that people try to give up. So I'm going to share them with you, see if they sound familiar to you, see if any of you have made this resolution. Um, I will not eat any more junk food. Anyone else? What this year? A couple. Number six, I will not buy anything unless I absolutely need it. Some of you are nodding. Very good. I hope hope my wife is nodding, please. Um, Be about time. Number five, and I hope my wife is nodding with this one as well, I will not allow clutter to accumulate in my living space. Number four, I like to live dangerously, you know that. Number four, I will stop spending so much time in cyberspace. Some of you are too busy on Facebook right now, you didn't hear that, but uh, I maybe mean, you can download it later. Um, number three, I will not put off until tomorrow what can be done today. One day I'll get to that, yep. Number two, I won't get stressed out this year. And number one, that nobody will keep is no more New Year's resolutions. So they're the top seven. Some of you are nodding, you know, some of you have made them as well. But my resolution this year that I want to encourage you all with is I've decided to give up. So I'm going to give up. And I want you all to give up as well. So thanks for coming. You might as well go home now. All the best. Enjoy. Some of you are actually moving. No, sit down. I'm only joking. Relax. I'm only only kidding. I don't mean giving up on God or giving up on people. What I am talking about is giving up so that we can live a far more surrendered life. A far more surrendered life to God. I want to encourage us all to resolve to give up some of the things that we know we need to give up. Give up some of those things that God is asking us individually to give up, but also some of the things that God asks us in his word to give up. Now, Jesus says, come to me and give up so many things that we want to hold on to, and I'm going to just simply this morning remind you of some of those things, because he's a good dad. God is a dad that wants to give us so many things, but we hold on to things, and so he can't give them to us. Like, I'm a dad as well, and I want to bless my children and give them things. However, sometimes I hold on to things, and I just think, I mean, if you just let go of that, just let go of that, and I'll be able to bless you and give you something. I mean, one of the things that my son, and I asked for his permission because he's sitting here in the front row, a uh, couple of, you know, he just told a few fibs lately. Just, you know, he's my perfect boy, he's, he's awesome, but just lately he's just t- taken to t- uh, telling me a few fibs, and I just think, man, just give up the fibs. You know, I want to trust you. I want to give you so much. I want to allow you to do so much. But if you keep up with those fibs, I am not going to be able to do that. The other day, we were at the shops, and I looked down on him, and I noticed a chunk of hair missing from the top of his head. Seriously, he looked like half of Mr. T. He like, was just like this chunk of hair. And I only just realized, and I looked at him, and I said, dude, you got hair missing on your head. you got a ball patch. And he goes, no, I don't. I'm like, dude, you do have a ball, but I can see it. He goes, no, no, no. Oh, well, I, I don't know how it happened. Like, Come on, tell me what happened. How did it happen? He goes, I don't know. I've got no idea. I said, look, did your sisters do it? He said, no. Did you do it? No. Then how did it happen? I don't know. I'm there, like, mate, just let it go. Give it up. Give up the fifth and tell me how it happened. How what happened? I don't know what happened. It just, it just got there. I woke up with it. It just got there. I, said, I thought you didn't know what happened. He goes, I didn't. I do. I mean, I don't know. Then dude, Give it up. Give it up. I want to be able to trust you. But we do the same. We do the same. We hold on to our little lies. And we hold on to our little things. And God is just saying, give up. Give up. Live a far more surrendered life. Because if you give those things up, I will then be able to come in and bless you the way that I want to bless you. I believe that God wants to walk us into his perfect will. His will is that it's always pleasant, always good, and always perfect. He's got an amazing will for us. He wants to give us life and life more abundant. He wants to bless us with hope, with the richness of His inheritance, and with power. He wants to pour out so much to us, but there's just one little thing we need to do first. We need to surrender. We need to give up. And Jesus says to us to give up so many things he doesn't want us to hold on to. And so this morning, if I can, I'm just going to mention a few things that Jesus says, give them up. Just give them up so that I can come in and bless you and you're able to walk into the fullness of all that I have for you. Can I do that this morning very quickly? Cool. All right, some of the things that I believe we need to resolve to give up is, number one, give up our worries. Give up worrying. We need to resolve to walk into this year without worries. Matthew 6.34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus wants us to give up our worries. In this scripture, he's not just exhorting us, he's telling us, do not worry, it's almost a command. He said, give it up. When it comes to worrying, simply don't. Now some of you are probably thinking right now, surely he didn't mean that. Surely, I I know that's what it's saying, surely he doesn't mean give up my worries. I mean, doesn't Jesus know about my mortgage, my relationship, my friends, those people that pick on me, all my, all my problems, my unemployment? Doesn't Jesus realize all that? Yes, he does. But irrespective of that, he wants you to stop worrying. He wants you to give up your worries over to him. Now, there's one main reason why he does that. And it's because most of what we worry about, if you think about it, are things that are, are in the future. Things that haven't happened yet. Things that are yet to come. If you think about what you're worrying right now, do a little mental exercise right now, and think about the things that cause you to worry right now, and I bet you, for most of you, they are things that are in the future. They're all the what ifs. What if I don't get a job? What if I don't get a partner? What if I'm stuck with my partner? <laughs> what, if, what if I don't get enough money? What if I don't get a promotion? What if? They're all things in the future. And the problem with that is that God won't give you what you need tomorrow, today. He will give you today what you need for today. He will not give you the provision or the sustenance for all the things that you're worrying about right now. He won't. That's why you worry and you don't stop worrying. And that's why God doesn't come through because His grace comes in 24 hour packages. He will give you what you need, but in your time of need, not in advance. He will not give grace and down payments. I have experienced that. I have worried myself sick about so many things. But at the end of the day, God will give me what I need on this day. So therefore, he says to us, give up worrying. Stop worrying. I mean, can you imagine if I walked into my six-year-old daughter's bedroom and she's sobbing and she's crying, and I say to her, why are you crying? What's the matter, lovey? What if she said to me, I just don't know how I'm going to pass my year 12 exams. I think, are you kidding? You can't even spell year 12 yet. Why are you worried about that? But that's what we do. We worry about things in the future. We worry about things that are yet to happen. And God is saying to us the same thing. Are you kidding? Don't worry about that. Just worry about what you've got today. Because today you're going to have enough worries. And I'm only going to give you what you need for today. So stop worrying. We, We need to be more like, I've got a grandma who's in a nursing home. And I've discovered something about older, really, really old people like, People who are 150 years old. They, we think they're grumpy, but they're not grumpy. They just don't worry anymore. They just don't care. They just tell you like it is. They're not, they're not grumpy. I say, good morning. Say, it's not good. My back is sore. I'm tired. What's good about it? I, I just think they, but they're... But they just don't worry. I walk past some of those really, really old ladies, and sometimes they, they slap my bottom, and they go, hey, sonny, looking good. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I don't care. I don't worry about things anymore. They're too old to worry. It's awesome. <laughs> the, the other day, this, this older lady, she come up to me with a really strong Italian accent, and she said to me, um, you, come to my bed. <laughs> and I just stood there going, excuse me? She said, you, come to my bed. I'm there. I just, I just stood there, and I went. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, you, come to my bed. And I just stood there. Uh, uh, Luckily, somebody else came and uh, they heard what she said and said, Okay, it's okay, off you go, that's all right. And the the nurse said to me, Look, she can't speak English very well, but what she means when she says that is, Come and make my bed. (laughs) So don't flatter yourself. (laughs) Oh, okay. And I'm thinking, That is so good. Somebody doesn't worry anymore about what people think. I'm not not talking about going to that extreme, but I think that we should, okay, (laughs) that we should should be a little bit different, we should just worry less worried back, you know, I'm not talking about being thoughtless or being silly, but I'm thinking about, man, let's just give up all this worry, give up all this stress, give up the things that we, that we know that we're worried about, that we shouldn't be worried about. And I think one really good practical way of doing this is just to remember the awesome promise that, that Jesus gives us here. And that's the fact that we can look back on his goodness. Who here has been a Christian for a while? Uh, if, if you're like me, you can look back And remember his goodness. Remember his past goodness. So if you're walking through life and all these things are happening and you're worried and all these things are just coming your way, just stop, look back for a second and just see the absolute reservoir of grace and goodness that's gone before you. Just stop and do that. And if you see his reservoir of absolute grace, you've only got one thing to see into the future, and that's the unstoppable river of grace that's going to come your way. If there's grace before you, there's grace ahead of you. So there should only be two things that a Christian should feel. It's not doubt and it's not fear. We should look back, see grace, and just be grateful. And that should allow us to look forward and just be hopeful. Just be hopeful. We know all the good things that have happened in the past. So we should be able to look forward and just be hopeful. We look back, we're grateful. We look forward, we're hopeful. Just look back and remember the incredible amount of grace and goodness. That's how I stop my worrying. That's when things happen, and I've got things right now that are absolutely killing me with worry, and I just have to do this. I just stop. I just stop, and i, just, I just, I'm going to turn back and just remember all the times that God showed up at just the right time, all the times that God gave me that breakthrough, All the times that I knew that I got exactly what I needed in my time of need. I just look back and contemplate, like I said, on that reservoir of grace. And I know that as I look forward, that's all that's coming my way. More grace. The grace that I need to get through, whatever it is that I need to get through. So stop worrying. Walk into this year resolving to give up your worry to Jesus. Jesus says, give him to me. Give him to me and walk free. Amen? Can you do that for me this year? Awesome. All right, something else that Jesus wants us to give up is, and this sounds a bit weird, but just stick with me, our weariness, our tiredness, our weariness. Jesus wants us to come to him and give that up to him as well. Let me tell you why. Matthew 11 says this, "'Come to me,' this is Jesus speaking, "'all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, "'for I am gentle and humble in heart, "'and you will find rest for your souls. "'For my yoke is easy.'" and my burden is light. Jesus wants us to give up our weariness to him, to come to him. Again, he's telling us, if you're tired, if you're weary, who got tired last year? Who got weary? I know I did. What did you do with that weariness? What did you do with that tired? Where did you turn to? Jesus is saying here, turn to me. Give it up to me. But where do we go? We go to the TV, try and put our feet up. We go to our friends. And those things are not necessarily wrong or evil, but I'm just saying it's a matter of priority. And Jesus is saying, come to me. If you're tired and you're weary, I mean, really ask yourselves, those of you who got exhausted last year, or some of you may be exhausted now, where have you gone in your weariness? Where have you tried to give that up? Jesus this morning would say to you, give that up to me. Come to me and hand over your tiredness and your weariness. And there's one main reason why he does that. He does it because only he can give us the rest that we need. This promise here says that, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. Isn't that interesting? He says, I will give you rest, but I will give you rest for your souls. It doesn't say I'll take you away to a tropical island and surround you with incomparable comfort. It doesn't say I'm going to give you all this physical rest. He's saying, I will give you rest, but I will give you rest for your souls. That's your heart's your inner beings, your mind, who you truly are. And that is the rest that most of us need. Most of us can get away with a little bit of physical rest, but when we're tired and we're weary, most of it is spiritual. And Jesus understands that. Jesus says, come to me. So next time that you're tired and weary this year, resolve to give it up to Jesus. Go to him because only he can give you the rest that you truly need. And that's rest for your souls. That is exactly what we need. I mean, it's the reason why I believe people sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this. I know I have. Um, you go to bed, you're absolutely exhausted, you've worked really hard, you know, you've done so many things and you drag yourself into bed and you lay down and you're absolutely stuffed and you close your eyes and you go, oh man, I'm glad this day is over. You close your eyes, but within three seconds you go, "Bing," and you're just awake. And you start thinking and thinking and going through things in your head, thinking about all the things that you did or all the things that you did that you shouldn't have done and all the things that you said all the things that you did and you start going through. I believe that's, there's only one reason why that happens. You haven't gone to Jesus and received the rest for your souls. You're trying to get physical rest and I'm not against that, but you also need the rest that only Jesus can give you and that's rest for your soul. So just try that, just practically. Next time that you can't get to sleep, Rather than trying whatever else you try to do, leave the milk, leave the Valium, leave whatever it is that you do. But ask yourselves, have I gone to Jesus so that my soul may be rested? Have I gone to him for that? That's his promise. I can boldly say this because when Jesus promises something, he delivers. He's not a man that he should lie. And I know that if we truly, truly go to him, he will give our souls to rest. If we give up that rest to him, he will give our souls the rest that we truly, truly need. So this year, let's resolve to walk into it and when we get tired and weary and ready to burn out and give up, let's just get to God and say, Jesus, I need that rest that you promised. So that's why we need to know the word of God. You promised that you would give rest to my soul. I don't want to carry this anymore, so just get before him. And I think a really good way to do that is just remember this incredible promise. Jesus says, my burden... Is light and my yoke is easy. So if you're carrying a burden and a yoke that's too heavy for you to bear, maybe you got it from somewhere else. You haven't got the one that Jesus wants you to carry. Jesus says, Mine is light and easy. So right now, if you're carrying something, maybe you're carrying something that you're not supposed to carry. Or you're carrying something on your own strength and you haven't asked Jesus to help you carry it. So when you think of Jesus, think light and easy. Light and easy. There is a burden to carry, but His burden is light and easy. Why? Because He wants to give your souls rest. So get before Him and get the rest that you need. Amen? Something else that God wants us to give up to Him, and this is crucial, is we need to give up our will. We need to give up our will to Him. For total surrender, we need to give Him our will. Matthew 24 says this Then Jesus said to His disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jesus wants us to give up our will. He wants us to give up our entire life. He wants us to just completely surrender to him. And that's what this scripture means. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, a lot of people have wrongfully interpreted that that scripture, and they say, oh, it's about sufferings. And we need to suffer like Jesus did. If we don't suffer like Jesus, did, we're not good Christians. Now, our journey may involve suffering, but that's not what this scripture means. This scripture means Jesus wants you, wants your will, wants your entire life. He wants you to identify with the death that he died for you. He died for you, and now he wants you to die to him entirely and completely without, giving, without holding anything back. When it comes to your will, give it up completely to him because that's what he's asking of us. Not to hold anything back, but to completely identify and do for him what he's done for us. And I I think we we need to do that because this is how he fulfills his promise to us of, of life and life more abundantly. That's how he fulfills it, by us being able to surrender our lives, surrender our agenda, surrender our will. We hand it all over to him, and he can now say, right, now you can walk into my plans, into my purposes. Now I can give you the life that I planned for you to live before the foundation of time. Before I even built this world, I had a plan and a destiny for you. Now that you've surrendered your life to me, now I can give you what I've planned for you. And that's the life, and that's the life more abundant that Jesus is talking about. But first, we must be able to surrender, lay down our lives, and give our wills over to him completely. And that's how we find life, and that's how we find joy. That's how we find, I believe, that's how we find true happiness. Um, C.S. Lewis, if I can just quote him, uh, says this, If we find ourselves thinking and feeling that nothing in this world can satisfy? Who has ever thought that? Who's ever come to that point? You got. this is, tried it all, nothing in this world satisfies. I know I've come to that conclusion, and I know many of you have, and that's probably the reason why you became Christians. And some of you may be here this morning who don't know God, and you're also up to this point. You go, man, it's just, nothing satisfies. There's just nothing in this world for me. Well, he goes on to say this, if you come to the conclusion that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. That we were made for another world. In other words, surrendering draws us near to God. And drawing near to God satisfies us, since we were made in the image of a happy God, who is perfectly happy in himself. And so he alone can perfectly make us happy. But that happens if we surrender our will and we pursue the glory of the resurrected Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. Submit ourselves and submit our will to him. And Something that inspires me to do that is to look at Jesus' example. And look at the fact that he did it. He did it for me. He did it for us. He surrendered his will. He surrendered everything. When I find it hard to submit to God and submit my will to him, I just look to Jesus and look at the incredible example that, 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 he, that, he, that he set for us. Look at the examples that Paul talks about in, in Philippians 2.1, when he talks about God, uh, Jesus surrendering his very nature, even though he was God, he gave that up for our sake, that he may come and save us. In Matthew 20.28, 20, Jesus talks about how he came to serve, not to be served. This is the God of the universe. This is the God that we're talking about, God who would become a man so that he could serve rather than be served. His ministry was about giving up his rightful authority as God of the world to become a servant of the world. His ministry was about giving up his equality with the Father to serve the Father. And ultimately, it was about giving up his life to a shameful, painful, yet joyous death on the cross. And he did it for us. He surrendered his entire everything that he was, everything that he had for us. So when we walk into this year, let's resolve to give up our wills to him. Let's resolve to look to his incredible example. Because as we know, what a lot of us know, is that it cost Jesus a lot. It cost Jesus, who knows it cost Jesus everything he had to surrender his will for us, that we may come to know him, that we may be reconciled back to God. He he gave away everything that he was and everything that he had. We have some understanding. There's a a reference to it that I'm going to uh, just share with you now. It's in Mark 14, 34. It may be up on the screen. And uh, this is a a time when Jesus gave up everything that he was for us. He said, this is him getting before the Father, saying, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. This is his disciples. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Not but what I will. what you will. Completely surrendered, gave up his will to the Father so that he might accomplish everything that he was supposed to accomplish. And this was painful for Jesus. That's why he was desperate. That's why he was crying out because even though he was perfectly God, he was also perfectly man and he had to experience for real the pain of what he was giving up. For the first time he was going to be separated from God. He was going to incur the wrath and the anger of God for all of our sins. Everything that you and I have been guilty of, all the punishment that was due for us, Jesus had to take that on. And for the first time, his perfect relationship with God was going to be separated. And that caused him pain. That caused him to sweat tears of blood. That caused him to struggle. That caused him to strain. That caused him to get before God and say, I can't do this. I will not do this. It is impossible for me to do this. However... And he ends with an incredible, incredible statement of surrender and giving up. And he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. Let's resolve to walk into this year with the same heart. Whatever it may be that you're holding on to now, however insurmountable you think it might be, however difficult, whatever it might be right now, just ask God to help you to have the same heart and get before him and say, not my will, Yours be done. We're we're called to die a death. We're called to be crucified. That's what he's saying here. Take up your cross. Give up. That's what it means. Give up. Just hand it all over. Come to me and give it all up for me. Now, I don't know, I've never tried to crucify myself, but if you think about it, it's pretty impossible. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't be able to get that last nail in, could you? It's impossible to crucify yourself. That tells me something. That tells me that we, we shouldn't try the whole thing of self-surrender. I think that's really difficult. I think all the things that we want to surrender, we need to allow Jesus to crucify us. And he can do that. And he will do that. He will, he will help you to give up all the things that you need to give up. He will crucify, he will put you to death, but he will do it with his love, with his grace, with his hope, and with his goodness, which my Bible tells me leads me to Repentance. So when it comes to giving things up, I've purposely stayed away from you know sins and 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 you know all the things that some of the things that we need to you know that in our lives that we need to unclatter and get rid of because I, I think it's the wrong way to, to go about doing things. I think it's hopeless. It's like this smoker that wants to give up smoking, and the more they think about smoking, the more they smoke. You know, you got. I think when it comes to God, we need to shift our focus. And yeah, we we must be aware of the things we need to give up, but after that awareness, just get before Him and say, God. I just need you. Just seek him. Seek him. And I tell you, if you seek him, you know whatever that may be that you know you need to give up, whether it be your weariness, whether it be uh, you being um, worried, whether it be your will, whether it be sin in your life, whatever that may be, look to his example and say, Jesus, I, I can't do it. Look to what he did. That's what, what, is, what's what he did. That's how he, how he gave up his will. He got before God and said, I, I can't do this. So you may do the same. Jesus, I can't give up this habit. Jesus, I can't give up my worry. Jesus, I can't do this. However, not my will, but yours be done. And I'll tell you, his love, his grace, his strength, his power will help you. And you will be able to walk into this year having given up and having surrendered the things that you need to surrender. I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to just, just feel like i are going to pray right now. I think this is a, a pertinent topic for all of us. I think if we're honest, and I'm honest, I'll be honest, I've got things in my life that I need to re- surrender and give up to God right now. There are, there are worries that I need to give up, definitely. There are things in my life right now that are causing a great deal of anxiety, and it's a daily battle. That's why in this scripture, Jesus says, take up your cross, and in one translation, it says to do it daily. He can't just do it once a month, once a year, once every two weeks, Go to do it daily. It's a daily battle. Now, if you're like me, if you're in, in this room and there are things that you know, you need to resolve to give up, to hand over, right here, right now is your moment. Right here, right now is your time. Jesus is here. His spirit is here. He's here to help us and he's beckoning us. We've just heard his word. We've just heard his promises. Now let's just walk into this year a lot more surrendered. Let's walk into this year having given up the things that we know we need to give up. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.